0: Welcome to the Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast. Thomas Miller here. Thank you so much for stopping back by. We're going to do something a little bit different today. Uh, One of you actually has been following uh, our guest who we're going to talk to and her podcasting partner. They're not a couple partner. They're a podcasting partner in an area called Remote Viewing. So this is something that we'll get introduced to. I'm sure that many of you have heard about this. Fred has written about it in some of his books. But it's an ability that, as Liz is going to tell us, all of us have. It's just something that gets developed and trained where we can put ourselves into someone else's eyes at a time in the future and see what their eyes are seeing, which is something I totally understand and believe in, especially if we consider things that we've talked about on here, like parallel universes of self, hello, (laughs) it's like parallel universes amplified, or like we recently talked about with Burt Goldman, quantum jumping. When When you think of infinity and you think of multiple realities, what I'm hearing in this interview is that Basically, we're able to see into those realities, but it's one of those realities. But Remember, there are more. And Liz even says in here that by knowing this information, the outcome can be changed in what we experience. I know this gets really heady, so maybe we should just let Liz explain what it is and how she uses it. This is psychic medium and remote viewer, Liz Cross. Liz, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I've been looking forward to talking to you because of my friend Chet, who has been keeping me very abreast of your work. And wow, not only is it impressive, but it's also timely. So let's take a walk back. Let's get a big step back and run at this. So how is it that you came about doing this remote viewing and especially even applied to current times?
1: Oh, goodness. Where do I start?
0: Yeah, exactly. I was born in Mississippi.
1: (laughs) How far back do we go? I mean, so I was fourth, at least a fourth generation psychic medium. And my whole life, I knew that I was psychic. My mom was also a psychic medium. My grandmother was also a psychic medium. And I believe my great grandmother, who I did not know, was also a psychic medium. So from a very young age, you know, uh, my mother was holding seances. And from the age of about three or four, I would sit in on her seances.
0: Let me, Many ask, years. let me ask you something on that point before you fast forward. Sorry to interrupt you, but I wanted to catch this in the moment. Do you find in your experience that this gift, this ability, passes through the lineage of the mom?
1: I think predominantly it seems to pass more through the mother, but then I know some, I have friends that are psychic mediums that are passed through the father as well. I think it just depends, but I find when you talk to people, it's predominantly through the mother.
0: Okay. Sorry. I just wanted to, I wanted to see your experience on that. Okay. Fast forward. <laughs> Roll it. So, fa- <laughs>
1: Thank you. So fast forward to probably, I don't know, however many years ago, I, I started working because I used to work for the police in my professional life. Right. So I was a dispatcher for many years. And I feel like now that because I ended up dispatching just out of the blue. And I, I know now that that training was setting me up for being a psychic medium okay so it's like I still dispatch now but I'm just dispatching for spirit um
0: <laughs> you don't need transmission lines <laughs> right I don't need
1: transmission lines exactly and I don't need a foot pedal but um what what happened was I ended up working with the very elite detective very um well-known group of elite detectives uh, working on high-profile murder cases. And this one particular case was quite complicated. It was in a third world country. It was in the Caribbean. There was a lot of government corruption. It was a professional hit by somebody in the government. And they had run out of leads. So I was asked to look into the, the person that was murdered. And I started channeling, uh, the person, the victim. And I came up with all this information. I mean, this, uh, pages and pages and pages, and this was going on for probably 18 months. I was working on this case every day. And, um, then they flew me out to the crime scene because the big mystery was, uh, what did they do with the body for 45 minutes between shooting him and then they took him to another place to burn the body in his vehicle? Right. And they wanted to know what happened. And I'm like, how am I going to come up with this? Because at that point, the victim was traveling through the tunnel. So when we leave the earth plane, we're traveling through the tunnel, making our way through up to the spirit world or heaven. Right. And he actually could not come up with the answers to that. So I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And then lo and behold, I came across remote viewing. And uh, my instructor was amazing. She no longer teaches now. But I had to pass a 45 minute, you know, interview to make sure I was this genuine psychic medium. And she taught me the bog standard remote viewing. And she goes, Okay, now let's go to the psychic stuff. And I'm like, okay. So she actually taught me to look through the suspect's eyes during that 45-minute period. So as I'm on the island. I did that. I looked through the suspect's eyes. I gathered up information. We're standing in the spot where the person was killed, and I said, okay, from here we go left, left again, uphill, up another hill, and as the suspect was backing out of this driveway area where he had taken the body to prove that the hit was you know had been made he actually crashed the victim's car into a wall because he was driving the victim's car it was a complicated car to drive it was a very high-end car and as we went up there to the hill the top of the hill there were the crash marks on the wall where the vi- where the suspect had backed the car the victim's car into the wall
0: had they ever seen those before Or was that, they had never, they never had connected that piece.
1: No, that was a piece that, but they knew exactly who lived at the top of that hill and it was who they suspected. No, I didn't know that. I had no idea who the main suspect was because I wanted to stay as blind to the information as possible. When we got up to the top of the hill, they were like, okay, this is who we suspected it was. This is his house. This is the person who is in government. He's the one that ordered the hit. And as we turned around and we're on camera and because, you know, the place had security cameras everywhere. But as we turned around, I said, look, there's the crash marks that, you know, the victim's vehicle had crashed into the wall. And that just gave me chills. And I was like, you know what? There's something to this remote viewing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've stumbled onto a good one here. (laughs) Wow. Absolutely amazing. Well, I have a lot of questions about remote viewing that I'd love to explore with you. But one, I mean, obviously, first, anybody would say, is it credible? You're telling me that law enforcement thinks it's so credible that they flew you to a crime scene, worked with you for 18 months. You were really their last hope.
1: Yeah, I was. I was their last hope. And it was, you know, there were a lot of incredible moments that took place when I was on the island as well. Um, At one point, they had been trying to find out the names of the suspects. They knew what they looked like. So the detective was a heavy smoker. It was driving me crazy. He smoked these, like those little cigars, you know, the really smelly one. Oh, it was just awful. Even though the windows were down in the vehicle, I was like, I can't take this anymore.
0: Oh, I would. So, have, I would have quintupled my rate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I. Whenever I worked for the law enforcement, it's free.
0: Oh wow. You know, they
1: just have to pay the expenses. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, because listen, I'm a realist. I used to work for the police. The police do not have additional resources to pay a psychic. They can barely pay for their police officers, their detectives, right? Um, they just paid my expenses. I was very well taken care of, and I was also under 24 hour armed guard. So when we stopped at the beach area. So he could smoke. I said, you know what? I'm going to go over to the other side of the beach and I'm going to take some photographs. And I went over to the other side of the beach and I was taking photographs and a vehicle pulled up behind me and it was our suspects. And the the actual people that did the hit, not the main person that paid to have the hit done, who was a government official. This was our, you know, the little rat bag <laughs> You know, drug dealer scumbag uh you know suspect that guy. carried the hit out for very little money wow and they pulled up behind me and they're like hey mon, <laughs> pretty white girl me gonna take you out you know we going out tonight and i was like oh really well i've got to go back to my hotel now because they thought i was a tourist but i knew exactly who they were And I said, but if you give me your name and telephone numbers, I'll call you later. So it just so happened that I'd run in with the uh, the suspects and I'd gotten all the required information that these detectives had been looking for for the past 18 months.
0: That's incredible. (laughs) I am speechless. That is absolutely amazing. You handed the phone number. Here you go. Yeah. So did Spirit
1: you... orchestrated that one. They did. Spirit orchestrated that.
0: No kidding. So did you meet them? I mean, I could see this playing out. You call them up. Police are listening, right? Da-da-da-da-da. Let's meet at da-da-da-da-da. And there you go. <laughs> Sorry, no, guys. You ran into the wrong I... gal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was actually far too dangerous for me to meet them because when you're on these islands or in these third world countries... You know, if something happens to you, you can forget about the police actually investigating it properly. They're not like how we are in the U.S. or in Western Europe. So it was far too dangerous. I just called them up and I, you know, I got their information. They sent me some videos. They were apparently a of a uh, reggae group. And uh, so I got like really good pictures of the suspects and that was about it because what they were doing is they needed the phone numbers to triangulate the phones to pinpoint that these people, cause it was a quite a remote area where the killing took place and uh, they wanted to triangulate the phones and pinpoint the area where these suspects were to, to sort of pin the phones down to the area.
0: Was this your first experience with this level of the remote viewing?
1: Um, yes. Yes, it was.
0: How do you distinguish your inherent, what you were born with, psychic medium abilities? And then this, that it sounds like, was learned, built upon, but an expansion of or different from. How do you, how do the two fit together?
1: So it's really easy. Um, And if anybody follows remote viewing and they follow like the original Stargate, if you listen to Lynn Buchanan's lectures, which you can find on YouTube, Lynn Buchanan, all of those guys were psychics, right? So all the original remote viewers, Ingo Swann, the developer or creator of remote viewing, Uh, Then you had Lynn Buchanan, Joe McMonigle, Paul Smith, Billy Ray. You also had Angela Ford thrown in there somewhere. Every single one of them are psychics. Now, you don't have to be psychic to learn remote viewing. And some people are not psychic and they're very proficient at it. But if you are psychic, a genuine psychic medium, it's like psychic on steroids, right? So what it does as Lynn Buchanan puts it so accurately, it just controls the flow of information. So the spirit isn't giving you information like the runaway train, right? Because spirit is not bound by a physical body. Uh, they're not, you know, they don't have gravity. So therefore time and space is very difficult for them. It's, it's irrelevant. And what remote viewing does, it says, okay, I need to know what happened At this time, at this space, to this particular individual or whatever the target is, from this to this, and I need you to give me that information. And that's all it does is remote viewing just controls the flow of information.
0: I've listened to your videos on YouTube, and I'll have to get this app. Thank you for telling us about that. It seems like, so this is not an unconscious, you're not going into hypnosis or you're not going into a Zen kind of trance. I mean, this is something that you, it, it seems to me from what I've heard, that you can weave this even into normal conversation and yet you're still getting the images. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Yes, that's correct. And so I actually have abandoned the traditional CRV, controlled normal viewing I still follow the protocols, but I don't do it on paper. I actually just do it in my head. So, whereas a regular controlled remote viewer doing a session, they start out with an ideogram, they're double blind to the target, and then they start dissecting the ideogram. So, the ideogram will tell them whether it's land, it's water. Uh, There's something living, it's, you know, trees or whatever it is at the, at the target site. So I bypass all of that because I don't actually have problem as, you know, as a genuine psychic medium, I don't have a problem finding the target. I can go straight to the target and I don't need to pull perceptions from the target. Like see red, I see blue, I smell cigarette smoke. I, you know, I don't need to do that. What I need to do is I actually just do the remote viewing in my head. So I send the message to spirit world. This is what I want to look at. And then they automatically know and they send me the information back down. But I I hear the information. I see the information. I feel the information. So I'm like one of those psychic mediums that has all of the senses. Um, You have some that can only feel, some that can only hear but I have all of those. Thank
0: God. Thank you, Mom. Ah, yes. <laughs> grandma. grandma, great-grandma, <laughs> all the way up. <laughs> this is so fascinating. All right. I wanted to pick a couple of, of this apart. Okay. One thing is, I'm thinking of Esther Hicks. You know, she channels the Abraham and has become very popular and built that into a big business. And when she gets ready, when she's on stage and she gets ready to connect with Abraham, she does this little thing that she does. It's almost – I kind of think of it like the I Dream of Jeannie, you know, Barbara Eden going bink, okay, boom, there we are. Do you do anything to engage this or to start it or connect with it, or is it just on and off switch there?
1: Um so it needs to be a relatively quiet environment, which is kind of hard for me because I have a house full um, and I have a cup of tea normally. But no, I just I it's just on and off. It's it, it comes very naturally to me. I don't have to really prepare for it. Now, if I am in a frenzied mental state, you know, um you know, maybe one of my kids is really sick or something like that, then it's very difficult to concentrate. And it's also very difficult to pull information about my own life because I'm so emotionally involved in my own life. I have to go to my own psychic medium to get information about me. Um, but pretty much it's just, I just do it. I don't even really think about it anymore.
0: Yeah. That, that seems to be, Uh, when it's authentic, it seems like it flows out that way. All right, let me bring this back. And the reason I ask that question is one of the things I hear so many times from podcast listeners is that they are not able to tune in to their intuition. And I'm not talking about psychic mediumship and I'm not talking about remote viewing. I'm just talking about higher self, tuning into source, hearing those messages. People say they don't. Don't know where to start and they are not able to connect. I know you're coming from a completely different level, but what encouragement or ideas would you give people like that to maybe advance their ability a little bit?
1: So that's a great question. And I get that question a lot. And it's very difficult for me to answer because I've never not been psychic right I've always been psychic
0: it's like yeah just do it just do it right it's like come on just start (laughs) so it's really difficult
1: it's really difficult for me to understand where they're coming from but what I can say is that if they wanted a starting place they should learn remote viewing because you don't have to be psychic to learn remote viewing. And once you really start getting into remote viewing, right, it's not just a one hit wonder process. Once you start getting into it, you really start to learn the strengths and weaknesses of your own intuition because everybody does have something, whether it's gut instincts, whether you're just very good at reading somebody's energy uh, you know, when you come across somebody who is not a nice person, um, and you instinctively know that, right? So that, those are all abilities as well. And, and we're doing remote viewing will teach you how to, it'll train you how to recognize what is ability and what, you know, where you have your strength where you have your weaknesses a lot of times people get red flags through they get their intuitive information through but they dismiss it because they either don't believe in it they don't trust the information that they're receiving or they think it's their imagination right so that, that seems to be where the big problem is. And then some people are actually genuine psychic mediums and they're really frightened of that connection. You know, they don't want to see ghosts. They don't want to they don't want to have somebody knocking on the door, you know, spirit knocking on the door or throwing things across their bedroom in the middle of the night, which has happened to me. Um, So, you know, and ghosts shouting out the names of their kid. I mean, it is it can be scary, but you have to learn how to control it. You set the boundaries. Right. And I think everybody should try to learn remote viewing.
0: Well, uh, then the next obvious question that everybody is sitting on the edge of their seats at the moment. How do you learn remote viewing?
1: Well, you there's a lot of different remote viewing instructors out there. My is um, Ronan. Uh, he is an excellent. Remote viewer. He has modified his class. The problem,
0: Liz. I'm sorry. Zoom, Zoom broke up just as you were saying the guy's name. Could you go back and just pick up from there and say that again? I'll make an edit.
1: Yes, of course. So, you know, I know a person that teaches remote viewing very well. He has created a New methodology, he's put his own little spin in it because the problem with remote viewing is they're still teaching the traditional way, as it was taught many years ago, and it can be so much more powerful if you use mixed modalities, Um, you do need to learn the basics of remote viewing so there's lots of different instructors out there, Uh, one in particular is Ronan uh, he, you can email him at remoteviewit at gmail.com. We are also going to have uh, video courses on the Deep Mind Probes app. Uh, and you can get the app on deepmindprobes.com. But eventually, we will offer remote viewing classes on there. Uh, it's just the app is pretty new. We've had to design this app to avoid the censorship. <laughs> so the big C. Um. Yeah, so that, that's the best way, really, for people to just start. You have to start to learn remote viewing, and the, some people get addicted to it.
0: Oh, I could see how. I wanted to ask you real quick here. Are we under a time constraint? Do you have to be somewhere at the top of the hour? No. Okay, all right. I mean, we won't go much longer, but I just wanted to make sure to, because I did have a couple of things I wanted to get in. Okay, All right, so Ronan, and we've got his email address, and okay, wow, that is awesome information. I just didn't even know that you could go out and learn remote viewing. I thought it was something you had to have or, like you said, inherent, but this is another step up from your original abilities. When you do this. So your, your connection, I'm going to go back to that fundamental question that a lot of our listeners might be asking themselves, is mm-hmm. how they can better connect. From your knowledge of spirit and the way that you see spirit work and the way that you connect all the time, is that ability to connect to spirit just given to certain people and not to others, or is it universally available?
1: So, unpopular answer, I believe it's an inherited ability. I believe you are either born with it or you're not. As as far as my level of being a psychic medium, it's just something I was born with. The best psychic mediums that I know, because I tend to run in the mediumship circles in London, usually every summer. I mean, now we can't go because of COVID and everything else, but... Normally in the summertime, you can find me in London doing the the spiritualist churches in mediumship circles. And the best ones that I know, it's all inherited ability.
0: Uh, That's been my experience too. Well, that kind of parlays into the next thing of of thought here is a lot of people, because they don't understand this, they think that is somehow of the dark side or of Satan or of the devil. And, I mean, you know, go back and look at the various times when people have been executed because of the abilities that you're talking about. Where does that misunderstanding come from, and how do you debunk it?
1: So, for me, I basically instruct my guide who is with me. He's a Native American. He's like my bouncer, right? So, I have a door, and I have a waiting room. And spirit will sit in the waiting room, and we only allow white light information through. Now, there's light and dark in everything we do, and anything that holds energy, it's basically light energy and dark energy entangled in a big mix, like yin and yang. It's like that in humans. We all have a dark energy within us, Okay and the way that the dark energy enters into us is we first separated from source right so we were a, a complete white light being but separating from source with, was actually you know traumatic in some ways and we reincarnate we've all had many 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 lifetimes and every time we've experienced a traumatic event And in our timeline through all the lifetimes, it takes a little piece of our soul puzzle and it takes it away from us and it replaces it with dark energy. So dark energy is like fear, negative thinking, uh, any negative emotion, confusion, distraction, sadness, anger, frustration, you know, guilt, remorse. So we... We're full of light and dark energy and how you become a complete 100% light being that I know or try to restore that light within us is that you actually have to travel back on your timeline, which I do this. Actually, I do this a lot for a lot of people, but we travel back on their timeline and we uncover their past life traumas. And once we, we use tapping uh, it's a, it's called the CTT consciousness transformation techniques. It was created by George Dewisman, who unfortunately is very unwell at the moment. Um, He's probably going into hospice, but I was very fortunate to train under him for four years and we go back, we find the past life trauma and, and I've actually had many lifetimes where I was burned at the stake for being psychic right and that was a very traumatic event for me so by tapping away those negative emotions that negative energy and we send it back into the universe to be transmuted and cleansed into white light energy i restore that little piece of my soul puzzle and then we fill the space with white light energy but we all have energy within us that is light and that is dark so a lot of people do perceive it, you know, due to religious reasons or, you know, maybe they're frightened of connecting with the dark. It isn't a toy. It is something that you have to take very seriously and you have to be very responsible because if you just open a portal up, all in sundry is going to come through to talk to you, whether it's light, dark, (laughs) whatever demons, you know, so you have to You have to know what you're doing. You have to ground and protect yourself. You have to only allow white light information in. If you're channeling a loved one from spirit, that's okay because you have the permission to do that, but you only allow white light messages to come through. That's how I protect myself. Now, there's a lot of people out there that will put, you know, for. First, first clue of a first red flag of a charlatan is, Oh, well, I'll break a spell or I'll make a spell. Stay away from all of that, right? Because most of the time, those people have zero abilities, they're preying upon your vulnerability, and they know that when somebody comes to a psychic, they're they need something, they're vulnerable, they're they need something done, and they're willing to pay whatever it costs to get them out of this bad situation so if you're going and you're using like witchcraft or something like that well you're just going to attract bad karma back into your life but most of the time those people are charlatans anyway does that answer the question
0: more than answer the question yes and what a great explanation and you were talking about those kinds of people and typically one of the ways that i've experienced that you can flush them out is they want $1,500 or $2,500 to solve your problem. And like, run, don't walk. I mean, that is like, get away from that as fast as you can. You're absolutely right. I love that you mentioned timeline. I ran across this thing the other day that uh, is a little meditation or a little subconscious thing that I did a podcast on here recently, where uh, you say this, before going to sleep, when you're right in that just drifting off, you say, I intend to wake up on my highest timeline. Mm. Say that three times. And then when you wake up, don't grab for your phone. Grab for, I've got a note card by my bed that, that causes me to remind me to say, Today I am living on my highest timeline. I love that you mentioned timeline. That little timeline thing has come up of saying, I'm going to live the conscious life. Mm hmm. In 2013, yes. I narrated a book for Fred Dodson. It really is his base seminal work. It's called Levels of Energy. But basically, you just you take all of the emotions and you put them on a scale. So it's like a ladder, and it's exactly as you said. At the top of the ladder, love, peace, goodness, white light. The bottom of the ladder, fear, greed, money, charlatanism, etc. Anger, murder, all of those at the bottom. And you're right. Our experience as being a human is going up and down that ladder all the time. We're up and down, up and down.
1: It is. And we go through those range of emotions on an hour by hour basis. Yeah, I mean, it's just one minute we could be full of joy. Then we get a phone call or we get a bill in the mail or, you know, right now with the inflation problem, you know, it's very depressing for a lot of people. So we're going through that range every day. Um how do you stay out of that range? It's very difficult. I feel like that's one of the the biggest tasks we have as, you know, being in a human body is we have to and when we get down to the low part, we then have to say, okay, well we're grateful for this experience no matter how horrific it is because it's giving us the opportunity to learn from it and grow spiritually. That's the overall emotion that we should feel about every experience. But you try doing that. It's, it's very, very difficult.
0: Very hard. And when you go out, you know, like I work from home and I've got a fairly isolated little thing and I live in this wonderful little area now of North Carolina that's not very busy. But, I mean, you don't have to go two blocks. You go out there, and all of a sudden you're back in the – I like to use the image in my mind of the lottery ball machine on the news at 10 o'clock on Friday night. It's all those little balls bouncing around, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just constant in our world today, constant. Yeah.
1: I bet you have a lot of Bigfoot out there, too.
0: <laughs> oh, don't you know. <laughs> I'll say hi if I ever see one. Hi from Liz. All right I'd like let's zoom in on this remote viewing a little bit now as I've heard your videos, one thing I heard you say is that the closer okay so we're going to look into the future right and let's just set the stage here so okay. so what you do like let's say for me and I'd love to play with this if you don't mind if you're good okay. for that is you look through my eyes at a point down the down the road mm-hmm. Well, what I've heard you say is that the closer we look, the more accurate, the further away we get, the foggier the vision. Can you explain that piece?
1: Yes. I mean, to the best of my understanding, and, you know, even though I have this ability (sighs) – I don't think you could ever know everything, right? I mean, it's just impossible. The universe is a very complex place. So for instance, I do a lot of financial predictions. So say you have a particular investment, say you invest hypothetically, just saying you invest in a company and you're buying, you have loads of shares in in the company and you wanna know, say by Friday, if you should, you know, sell your shares or how the shares are performing or has there been a massive market crash or, you know, how, how did something go in your life, right? So I would actually move you out a few days and then you report the feedback. Now, it's hard to explain. It is an aspect of very advanced remote viewing. Uh, Lynn Buchanan has done it a little bit he does it more with himself. So he'll send information to his past self so that his future decisions are better. And I've done that for people as well. That's very interesting, but I actually find the most accurate predictions are when I'm doing a combination. So I'm, I'm actually channeling a loved one in spirit, which by the way, I have a mail here for you. I've been dying to tell you this the whole time we've been talking and then Uh, I move you out a few days and then you report the future feedback through me to your present self, if that makes any sense whatsoever.
0: Now, Liz actually goes through the process with me. I asked her a question that now I guess I probably wouldn't have asked if I knew what was uh, knew what I know now, what was going on then. It's about a refurbishing project that's going on around here where I'm living and how disruptive it was going to be. And she had some comments about it that I'm going to keep close at hand and just tuck in and remember, but I'm not going to include them here until the backside. We can come back and visit this down the road in a couple of months when this is all over but I do want to play this little part where she goes through the exact process.
1: Okay. So let me move you out to August 15th. No, I can already feel it, that they're not finished. Um, But let me move you out. So you may actually feel me move you. A lot of times people do. It's like being on a roller coaster. Don't worry. It's very harmless, but I'm going to move you out. And this is a perfect example of like, the type of readings I do and also the predictions I do on YouTube. Um, so let me move you out. So I'm going to say, August. see, this is where I'm doing it in my head. So most remote viewers, they do it on their paper, but this is where I'm doing it in my head. So I'm going to go August 15th, August 15th, 2022, 8 PM Eastern daylight time. Did you feel me move you by the way?
0: I'm feeling a definite connection with that time. Yes.
1: Okay, is the work on the refurbishing, the logs still going on? Okay, they stopped for tonight. Now, this is another thing. The questions always have to be watertight because even though you would know what I'm saying to you at the present moment, when we're doing remote viewing, the questions all have to be watertight. Are they still doing the refurbishing? Yes.
0: Now, remember, by having this knowledge then we can go into the creative mode and change the outcome. And this, guys, is exactly the essence, the nature of parallel universes of self. This is exactly what it's all about. Here is one track of possibility, and I can create and jump to another track of possibility, and that's what I did. So that's why I'm going to hold what else we did here until afterwards and we'll revisit this in August or September. But here was one other little uh, addendum to this where we were saying in the moment. Now, this is the current track. This is the track that she was seeing. Would I have regretted not moving away from here during this construction?
1: Let me ask your future self. In hindsight, if you were telling your present self on May 19th, 2022, what would you tell your present self about this situation? And you just say, go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So, This is how these future self readings work. It's really interesting. I don't know, you know, and I'm not trying to blow my own trumpet. It's just my waiting list is so long for these types of readings. I've interviewed other psychics to see if they can do the same thing. As far as I know, nobody else can do this type of reading, um, which is a shame because my queue is really long. But my, my advice is always just to get in the queue. Why you can, because if you don't get in the queue, you'll be September, October, November, December. But this is how the future self can report back to you and tell you, you know, I've been through hell for the past three months. Now, knowing this information means that you can change this information. So if you say, you know what, Liz, after our conversation, I went and rented a booth, <clears throat> excuse me, somewhere else. And then your timeline has changed, right? Because you've instilled that change on your timeline. So then I do another feature self-reading and we check back to see if the booth works out well for you. And then we say, oh yeah, well, you know, you're doing much better with the booth and uh you know, but your big thing is you just said to me, I don't want to have to deal with the upheaval. I don't want to have to take everything over there. I don't want to have to travel to another place to have a booth every day. It's very disruptive. It 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 uh interferes with my flow, right? Because everybody gets in a mode, everybody gets in a comfortable flow, and that's a huge disruption to your concentration. Do you understand that?
0: Absolutely. Yeah that's why I rented this place was to was because I was in a situation where my flow was completely disrupted.
1: Mm. Wow. So that's, that's an example of the types of stuff that I do.
0: This whole process is so interesting to me. In fact, even in the way of, you know, we can create, we can create in our own minds subconsciously, Exactly what Liz is saying. So I'm not so sure that she didn't get into the fear side of my own subconscious, which I realize is so very, very strong that maybe that's what she tapped into. And as she was seeing this disruption and this regret and this, yes, I should have moved away, that she was seeing the fear side. But there's a whole different side of me. And maybe it's not as strong of a voice in the aura as the other side. I don't know exactly what's going on here, but I find it very interesting. However, we're going to create around it and all is going to be well. And what if up? What if it all turned out beautifully well? So this is a real exercise in understanding and recognizing and working with our subconscious mind. Wow. All right. If you would like to put Liz's YouTube channel on your radar or their app or get a reading, here's the information on how you would do that.
1: So we have our YouTube channel. We have two YouTube channels. I suggest you subscribe to both in case one gets taken down. So we have one that is remote viewing and beyond. And we have another YouTube channel, which is our main one, which is Craig RV Data. You can find a lot of information there. Uh, We also have all of our videos, all of our work on the Deep Mind Probes app. So you have to go to deepmindprobes.com and sign up for the app. And then lastly, if you want to book a reading with me, you go to remoteviewingandbeyond.com. I do have a very long waiting list. I'm very sorry about that. But I find that if you book it, the time will be here before you know it. And you have to trust in divine timing, too. Divine timing is everything.
0: My friend who connected us was on your waiting list, and you got to him.
1: I did. (laughs)
0: I did just gives and you Houston. yeah he's great gives you time to get your questions down see <laughs> get all your questions precise All right Liz this has been a delight thank you so much for your time thank you for sharing yep. your gifts with the world and with us
1: thank you so much
0: Liz Cross super special lady right there thank you for being with us. I hope if this has triggered some interest for you, maybe you felt a little bit of a bump that that's that remote viewing is something that you should look into and train yourself on how to do that. As she said, there are a plethora of resources available online that can get you where you'd like to go. Thank you so much for listening. Liz, thank you again for being our guest today. I'm Thomas Miller. Enjoy the journey.